Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. And with me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Kimberly, so nice to see you as always. Very good to be here. And as you're in the studio today, you have just the sense of summer about you. Yes, it's very close. And, the, you know, it's great when it's cold in the winter or maybe when winter drags on just a little bit too long. <laughs> maybe spring isn't right at the doorstep as we want it to be to dream about summer. That's right. Knowing that it's coming and there's something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And even when I'm chilled, I can just think, you know, there's coming a day when it's going to be sunny and hot outside. That's right. Scorching. Scorching. That's what we're (laughs) looking for right now. Of course, we'll get tired of that and look forward to winter. But that whole change of seasons always keeps us looking forward. True. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because in life, we have to make a choice. Always. Whether we're going to look backward or forward. And the choice we make determines a lot of things that are coming up next. We're talking about what it means to be wounded in the body of Christ, what it means to be wounded just in life, and how do we go forward as we continue our study from the book of Genesis about a great gal named Hagar. We're going to draw lessons today about making that choice. Shall I look backward or shall I look forward? Kimberly, as uh, summer fast approaches and you're looking forward to those hot, scorching days, I know you're the kind that likes to be by the pool. Yes, Uh, that's where I'll be. Mm -hmm. You enjoy soaking up some rays. You and my wife both have Mm -hmm. that in common. I've lived with that for a while. (laughs) The guy with the sun allergy, not always so good for me. But (laughs) as you're looking at summer this year, you're going to have your baby boy, Max, with you. Yeah, it'll be totally different. Totally different. How old is Max now? Max is seven months. So this is his first summer gig. Yes, yes. He'll be at the poolside, I have no doubt. Mm -hmm. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. I know sometimes the little ones like water and sometimes they're not Mm -hmm. so keen on it. But right now at home, I know you were just telling me about how rapidly he's advancing. Of course, he's a brilliant genius. Right. Phenom. <laughs> Far beyond all other seven-month-olds in the world. Oh, well. But he's like a wind-up doll. He just, uh, every single day, uh, I read the books and study about what he's supposed to be doing. And every single day, he does something that he couldn't the day before. And I just love it. So fun <laughs> to watch. You know what? Next stop, Latin. After he masters <laughs> Greek. Well, one thing you told me is that he's starting to crawl. Yes. You know, he's been dragging himself around a little bit by his mm-hmm. arms, you know, but now he's actually getting a whole body in gear. Yeah, he's been he's been sort of dragging himself around, but the trouble's been he can only go backwards. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> so he wants to go forward, but his body somehow just yes. is motivated to go backwards. Yeah, just today got up on his knees and started sort of leaning into it and moving uh, in the right direction, going in front of himself instead of always backwards. But that kind of forward motion requires a lot of intentional focus. That's what Max learning to do. <laughs> He's learning how to focus on going forward. And even as we're talking about Max, we're talking about life. Yeah. Lots of times I want to go forward, but something just drags me backward. Mm-hmm. Even though I might be in gear to look ahead, there's something inside of me, maybe a dark shadow, a wound, a some kind of injury, emotionally or otherwise, that just drags me backward. Mm -hmm. And in life, we have to focus and be intentional about going forward. And that brings us to our story today. I've been reading this book by Anne Graham Lotz called Wounded. Now, Anne Graham Lotz is the daughter of Billy Graham. She is an accomplished author and speaker and preacher teacher in her own right, Mm -hmm. even though her dad uh, has certainly set the stage. And in this book, Wounded, she describes some of her own personal journey and how sometimes she's been wounded. And 
amazingly, sometimes wounded by other Christians. I know. Isn't that hard to believe? Gives us all comfort that if Billy Graham's daughter has been hurt by other Christians or wounded in the church, then, you know, maybe it's uh, if it happens to all of us, we're in good company. You know, I was uh, talking with Anne within the year, and she was describing to me something about her father that she loved so much. She said, you can't believe the kinds of criticism he's received over his long Hmm. and storied career. Really harsh letters and and attacks from people who profess to be followers of Jesus also. Hmm. And she said one of the reasons that she admires her father so much is she never once saw him respond in kind. That he always just laid it Hmm. down. He would acknowledge receiving, but he would not push back. Well, again, he was a man always looking forward, not backward. Mm -hmm. Well, in her book, she examines what it's like to be wounded and how do you recover. And she introduces the story of Hagar with fresh eyes. At least she did for me. Mm -hmm. The story of Hagar in Genesis is one of those great stories that we just kind of jump over. It's in the shadows a little bit. It's not always front and center, but it's a story about real life. You know about Hagar. I do. I mean, this is a young woman, Mm -hmm. probably born in Egypt, sold into slavery, transferred into households and across cultures and nations without any voice. Right. As we study scripture, you know, my heart is always captivated by uh, these women who are on the margins, who absolutely are depicted for us here as people who are recipients of the short end of the stick, if you will, because of their circumstances. But seemingly always God is on their side. So uh, this is one of those stories where that shines forward. She is owned by Abraham and Sarah, uh, two great figures in the Old Testament narrative. But there are some dust-ups. She conceives a child by Abraham in a very uh, unfortunate scenario Mm -hmm. where Abraham and Sarah try and accelerate God's will by taking it (laughs) into their own hands, so to speak. Mm -hmm. She has this little boy named Ishmael. Eventually, Abraham and Sarah have their own child. They named that boy Isaac. There's some conflict between the the older Ishmael, but he's still just a boy who taunts his younger half-brother. And sure. There's all kinds of drama in the house. And to condense the story, ultimately Sarah says to her husband Abraham and to Hagar, you've got to get out. Hagar and Ishmael have to get out. Not just out of our house, out of our community, out of our neighborhood. Uh, these right. lived in the ancient world. And by saying get out, essentially she's being forced out yeah. to fend for herself in a world where she has no options. I Literally mean, cast into the wilderness where um, she's as good as dead. And that's where she finds herself. Mm-hmm. Abraham packs her a backpack, or you might say a picnic <laughs> basket. Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for that. And, uh, you know, some sandwiches, I don't know, peanut butter and jelly or whatever, and some water. But that runs out. They're out in the wilderness, the scorching sun of the Middle Eastern desert. Yes. She comes to a desperate place, the scripture tells us, where she thinks she's going to die. She puts her little boy Ishmael under a bush in the shade, thinking easier to perish there, walks out away from him because she can't bear the sound of his sobbing. And she doesn't want him to be alarmed by her own distress. Mm. And in that moment, God intervenes. And in that desperate hour, he reassures her, I have a plan for you and your boy too. Which brings us to a passage. If you'll read in Genesis chapter 21, just a couple verses, verses 20 and 21, it tells us how Hagar responds to what God has revealed to her about the future, not the past, about what's going to be for her son and herself. What does it say? And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer, and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. 
strange, small verses, mm -hmm. but filled with meaning. When we come back, we're going to talk about how this is an intersection in Hager's life from which all of us can learn. Hagar's in the wilderness with her son Ishmael. She's been abandoned by everyone she knows. She is helpless and vulnerable. She's feeling uh, pretty discouraged. 
she's not sure she can even survive, and she's not sure her son can survive. But God intervenes, and he shows up in a way and shows her that there's a well of water nearby, and her eyes are open to see that Mm -hmm. there is this water, which literally for her physically and spiritually is a water of life. Mm -hmm. And then also the Lord says, not to worry, Hagar, I have plans for your son. He'll He's going to grow up. He's going to be a wild guy, but he's going to be the father of a nation, and he's going to have a bright future, and you're his mother, and I want you to start thinking about that instead of what you've lost, what you might gain here. And that brings us to the verses you just read, Kimberly, about how uh, they picked up their pieces. Ishmael went forward, and so did Hagar, and she began to bring to life the vision God gave her for her son. Isn't it interesting here that in verse 19, then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. Was it there before? Was it not? But for whatever reason, she didn't see it, right? So here God is opening her eyes and she sees something that she didn't see before, a way out, a way through, respite, rescue for she and her son. Hope. And she has a choice to make, though, Hmm. uh, just then, as God is showing her the water and showing her that there are days ahead that could be good and blessed. Mm -hmm. She has a choice to make, and all of us do, because all of us know what Hagar's experiencing. Oh, I've never been abandoned in a desert, and I've not been so thirsty I thought I was going to die. But I've been in places in life, and most people have, where you just feel like, I don't know what to do next. And sometimes we feel wrong. Someone has taken advantage of us or wronged us. Maybe they had their reasons, but it felt pretty hard when it fell on us. And in those moments... We have a choice to make. Think about the choice that Hagar might have made. Yeah, She could have said, I'm going to live fueled by the energy of my anger and bitterness at these lowlifes who have sent me out here. I did everything they asked me to do. I try to be faithful. I'm not the bad guy here. They didn't appreciate me. They have sent me out. They don't care what's going to happen to me next. I mean, she, she could develop a whole life. Right. And honestly... I've had moments, I don't know about you, Kimberly, so I can't speak for you in this, because I don't see you as having any dark edges. But for me, yes, of course, <laughs> I know that I've had moments where I've been wounded and found energy in recycling in my head all the ways those other people have messed up. The injustice. And there is a kind of energy moment. Right. There. There's a current, there's an electric current with that, but it never can take you anywhere good. Mm. She could have chosen that, and we might say she would be fair in choosing that. How reasonable, because you have been wronged. Yeah, I know. But instead, God is showing her there's something else you can reach for. I think this is good here because I think uh, she opens her eyes and sees the well full of water. And I, I know sometimes you describe it as hope, but sometimes God has shown me hope and I talk myself out of it being there or of my ability to walk five feet to get to it or that it really has water in it. Do you know? This choice to walk towards what God is showing you, I think, is powerful too. And I don't always do it so well. Well, that's human nature. And here Hagar is teaching us that no matter how desperate the moment, if you choose to look forward with God, he has plans for us that are always good. may not be easy, and I'm sure she didn't just snap her fingers and find herself in a palace outside the desert. There was work involved, there were challenges, there were obstacles to be overcome, but she made a decision that she was going to embrace by faith what God had promised her and her son. 
And as she goes forward, she's leaving behind the world she has known, Mm -hmm. the good and the bad of it. But she's turning a page, and she's reaching for a new day. This choice to go forward, not backward, even as Max is struggling to go forward, but his body's trying to take him back, (laughs) not always easy, but it can be done. There's a great story also in the book of Genesis that comes to mind, Kimberly, as I'm thinking about Hagar. And I say a great story. It's certainly a sobering one. The famous story of Sodom and Gomorrah, two ancient cities that uh, were desperately wicked and found themselves at a judgment seat. And as a few escaped, Lot and his family, uh, his wife among them, they fled from the city before it was to be destroyed. But God told them, now as you run away from this mess up, don't look back. Mm -hmm. And famously, Lot's wife, we don't have her name. Let's call her... Veronica. Okay. <laughs> Veronica will work. I, I don't. If there's anyone named Veronica listening today, so sorry. <laughs> but, but let's say Veronica, she, she just couldn't let go altogether. God was calling her to a new future and a new place, but the losses she was experiencing walking away from the city that probably was her home for a lifetime, and she probably imagined her house and the way the gardens were and the clothes in the closet and her friends or, or whatever it was. God said, I, you've got to look forward. For you to be preserved, to find life, you have to go forward. You can't go backward. But she just, she couldn't do it. Yeah, for but... some reason or another, she turned around. She had to see what she was losing. And, of course, she perished in so doing. Lot, on the other hand, kept looking forward. It's a severe tale, but it does dramatize for us how important it is that we don't stop and dwell on the past, look at the future. Yeah, I wonder if she was looking back to see if her enemies got their due. You know, what was it that caused her uh, to look back? You know, sometimes when I am stuck in my own moment of injustice or what I would call persecution, which is, isn't fair or right. You know, you want to see that the people who hurt you, who harmed you are getting what they deserve, but that doesn't help us in any way move forward. In fact, it entangles us in what we're trying to leave behind. And can be our end also, mm-hmm. because there's not much to live for if all you can do is look backward and, and be angry about it. Well, there's a great passage in Ephesians that kind of talks about how you move forward what you have to let go of, stop looking back, and start looking forward. It's in Ephesians chapter 4. What does that say, Kimberly? Yeah, I love this one. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. There is no guilt here. There is no shame, no pointing fingers, there is no blame. What happened yesterday has disappeared, the dirt has washed away, and now it's clear. There's only grace, there's only There's only mercy and believe me, it's enough Your sins are gone without a trace And there's nothing left now There's only grace 
starting over now under the sun and you're stepping forward now a new life has begun your new life has begun and there's only Hagar makes a decision. In a desperate hour, she's going to look forward. She's going to begin to hope and to dream and to reach for a better new day, even though she suffered terribly. And in that moment, she also surely was making a decision to let go of all the emotions that overwhelmed her about being betrayed, her anger, her bitterness, her jealousy, perhaps, of Sarah and her boy Isaac as she and Ishmael were left in the desert and Sarah could stay with the tents and all the food and the fun and the fellowship of that camp. As she let go of those things, though, God honored her. Hmm. And her son grew strong and able. And she would be a mother of nations. And she would have a family that honored her. And that just teaches us all that going forward requires us to let go of all of those dark edges that Mm -hmm. sometimes our woundedness can breed in our hearts. You know, Kimberly, you were telling me uh, not long ago about how when we're angry, who really gets hurt? Right. When I'm mad at somebody, who's really paying a price for that? Mm-hmm. Who is it? It's me. You think the other person is the one who is, you know, being punished by your thoughts. But the truth is it's only eating you up inside. I don't think Sarah and Isaac were losing too much <laughs> sleep over it, actually, at the time. Mm-hmm. And what Hagar had to do was what all of us have to do. Sometimes you just lay it down and trust God to be the judge. We'll trust the Lord to sort That's it right. out. But for me, there's a new day. God has a plan for me. I know the plans I have for you, God says famously to Jeremiah, and they're plans for good, not evil. Mm-hmm. We know that 
the scripture promises us that for those who are called according to the Lord's own purpose, for those who love God, everything can be worked together for good. Even the devil's mischief, even other people's folly, even the bruising and the injury that we might suffer because of our own foolish decisions or maybe what others have done to us. But all of it, when surrendered to God, can bring us to a better new day. Don't look back and nourish all of the negative emotions of loss and woundedness. Look forward and think, well, that wasn't pleasant, but wait a minute, maybe there's something even better waiting for me up ahead. And by the grace of God, there will be. We're not sure where you are in life right now, what your journey has been, but I know this, if you're listening today, if you're alive today, you've been wounded just as I have been, and so have Kimberly. That's just life in this broken world. And just like Hagar, we have a choice to make. God is meeting with you. He's intervening right now, actually, through this broadcast. He's here to tell you that just now there's water that can quench the thirst of your soul, and there are new days. God has you in his hand. If you'll just surrender to his will, he'll pick up all the broken pieces, and he'll make something good. How do you get there? What to do next? Pray. Join us for a moment right now and pray. God is listening. Our Father in heaven, we're so thankful that you know every one of us by name exactly where we are. We know, Lord, that you have experienced your own share of woundedness. We know that your son came into this world and he certainly experienced unfair treatment. He was unjustly condemned. He was sent out into the street. He found himself suffering without cause. And yet, Lord, you understand how to look forward. And even as our Lord suffered on the cross, there was always in view that Easter Sunday when he would be set free from the grave. And even today in the Northern Hemisphere, as spring turns to summer, we have the promise of new and sunny days. And even today, wherever we are, we know, Lord, if we surrender into your hand, you can work things together supernaturally beyond our capacity for the good. Thank you for Hagar's witness. Thank you for your word to us. And for all who join us in this prayer today, we ask that we will humbly trust you to work all things together for the good and help us to release any bitterness or anger or jealousy, any dark spirit of the soul that may haunt us now because we've been wounded. Forgive us for those things, and we lay them down before you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you'd like to know more about how you can go forward in life, about how you can understand this God who is your maker and wants to also be your friend, If you want to know more about the story of Hagar or about Jesus Christ the Lord who is everywhere present in the scripture, well, give us a call. Just dial this number 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439, 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We're by the phone and we are so glad to hear from you. Or if you prefer, you can visit us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message and we'll get back to you. At the last, if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But by whatever method you choose, please, let us hear from you this week. Now, Kimberly, as uh, I know you're getting to the poolside in a few days, don't get sunburned. (laughs) You have my word. (laughs) And protect that little Max. Mm -hmm. We're so glad that you joined us today listening to Viewpoint. We hope you'll join us again next week as we visit one more time the story of Hagar and learn what it means to take a terrible situation, trust it into God's hands, and find it coming out well. 
for all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast. This is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned.